Starting and running a business isn't easy. A good idea is just the starting point. From there on you need to build the product, find a way to market it cost effectively, get enough people to buy it and try to achieve at least a break even point quickly so you can become self-sustaining. These are all hard things and I know personally having had a startup in the past which didn't work out. So these are all hard things that not all businesses are able to make it happen even if they have a good idea and put in all the hard work. One such business is the Children's Post which despite being a great idea was just not able to gain enough traction to be able to sustain itself. And today we will be speaking with Nidhi Arora, founder and CEO about her journey and the lessons that she learned on the way. But before we begin, a couple of quick reminders. If you like this episode, please do rate it 5 stars and please follow the show so you don't miss out on any of the great guests we have coming up. And if you need a recap after the episode, feel free to head over to crazytalk.online to read the full transcript. So with that said Nidhi thank you so much for making the time to join us today maybe before we get going you could introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little bit about the children's post and and, and what it does thank you so much amit it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for having me as you do know i'm a management graduate by training and from there i worked in the it industry all the way till december 2015 from okay. there i paused to spend more time with my son and the children's post was born out of a personal need it started in july 2017 and we ran till december 31st 2021 we were the only daily uh, newsletter being published for children and we had readers from about 139 countries in all parts of india when we finished our journey wow nidhi 139 countries is a lot and it sounds like you actually did a lot of good things to be able to get to that kind of scale but perhaps before we get going let's maybe start at the beginning perhaps you could tell us how did you get started what was the inspiration for this business it's obviously nothing to do with it so something very different from what you had done in the past oh yes and so i got started because as a frustrated parent there was no other way that one could see i researched you know, news publications for children for one year i got a phd in children's news publications in india but <laughs> not a daily newsletter for children and i don't know i'm sure you know this but india you know kind of is publishes a lot of newspapers i think we are in the guinness book of records for the highest number of news dailies published from a single country wow and okay. there is nothing for children so i when the journey started i did not think that it was going to be so difficult one year later i was extremely frustrated and to me as a parent it was very very important that the child should be able to read and analyze news because years of hard work you know a child puts in a lot of effort into academics building a profile in india taking coaching for the competitive exams years of hard work goes down the drain because in that room on that day you cannot hold a 20 minute conversation but mm. it wasn't just about getting a job or a seat at a good college i believe that the cambridge analytica scandal was not caused by facebook or by cambridge analytica it was caused by people who when they are presented with a link that reinforces their bias click like instead of hide <laughs> our brains are programmed because we offer them up to be programmed right we insist on knowing all the sides to a story before taking one it will not be possible to create cambridge analytica part 2 and as a parent i really wanted to protect my child from that kind of mind control 
so that was why i started and i was so passionate about this project a newspaper reading habit builds that ability to seek and understand multiple perspectives it doesn't just broaden our thought horizon it also deepens our understanding of the world it works both ways so i started with a paper made at home printed on the home printer and gave it to the child and he was super happy to get something that is in his language which he is able to understand without having to struggle with the size of it without having to struggle with the vocabulary and for over a year we were not a business we were a group of parents coming together you know other mothers heard about it they said yes yes we want to be a part of this too so we took turns making the paper so for more than a year we were a group of parents coming together to create a daily newsletter for our own children and then when others heard about it they said look we cannot contribute over time but we really think we would like to pay for a product like this so in july 2018 we decided to share the paper with other children also in october we listed on readway.com and coincidentally at the same time the first press story about us came out in india it came out in a website called india today and immediately about 26 news publications covered our work in at least four languages so that is what started our growth trajectory wow nidhi i think that's amazing uh, first of all it looks like you were off to a really good start because of all of this coverage and all of this interest that you generated and i can see why because you were solving a problem that you have described very well which is how do you make children and people in general be able to think independently so that they are not getting swayed by clicks and likes and and other opinion makers so really interesting concept and you're saying that you got a bunch of parents came together to do it for their own kids and then somehow this moved on to other people wanting it as well so at what point did you realize that you had something which actually could become a business and then how did you actually start trying to grow that the interesting thing was that the demand preceded our opening it up for revenue so we knew we were on to something the only thing is content is very rarely pays for itself in a market like india and also at our heart was not business in a way it was disadvantageous that i was neither a media professional nor any someone who knows the education industry but i think it kept our hearts in the right place and uh, because of that media coverage starting with the india today feature which was uh, because of a mentor of hers that's how we got the first clients whom we did not know the other people who were subscribing were mothers who had heard about us on facebook in the there's a facebook group called gurgaon moms where i had posted my frustration that i had been looking for a year and i haven't got a newspaper should i just make one and over 140 mothers said why not you know for them it was just a word of encouragement but i believe that's where the seed of the children's post happened because if it wasn't for those 140 comments i would never have had the courage to open a laptop and make a newsletter for a child mm. and then as we started sharing it with other parents one parent got said okay let me share it with my own group and stuff like that the tribe really collected itself it was surprising for me also that there are so many parents who have had the same hunger and the same perspective right that is how we got the first clients whom we did not know and of course the people who were waiting for us to make a subscription based offering were anyway waiting so they signed up as soon as we made it available so nidhi how when you had these big people who wanted to actually pay for your service how did you actually get started on that part of it how did you make them pay given that maybe at this point you didn't really have the infrastructure to take payments or anything remotely 
so that we i would like to thank our partners readwear they got in touch with us we signed up with them and they agreed to do this for a share of the revenue so we had zero fixed cost and i think because we started with that we also then started with the mindset of having positive unit economics at all times which was where we were even when we ended we were still at positive unit economics mm. so readwear facilitated the payments subsequently there was a demand for whatsapp subscription so we signed up with a payment gateway and enabled that also okay so now you're at a point where you've tested it on friends and family you have got some sort of market validation through a facebook group actually pretty good market validation and there are people wanting to buy it so at this point how did you think about expanding from this point onwards how frequently were you even publishing the newsletter also oh, like i mentioned it was the only daily for children that was got available it. for home subscription in india there are couple of others but they are available only through the school and there are some other user experience things but we were the only daily available for home subscription and because it was a print at home uh, we don't realize but a child struggles with the size of even a tabloid but an a4 fits very beautifully in the hands of a child so children felt mm-hmm. in control when they were reading so at first coming back to your question at first we tried that subscription revenue thing which went off to a lovely start but in may the following year the subscription numbers dropped suddenly and surprisingly even after the summer break they remained low so we were we started wondering at the end of the year we just had to acknowledge that maybe subscriptions were not going to come back to previous levels and that was the point we also started doubting the product if people love it so much why are they not subscribing why are they not talking to their friends and we were still exploring that when covid happened there were some some learnings that i had got from talking to people but in 2020 covid happened and that's when we knew that school subscriptions are not going to happen this year right so another pivot happened and because we were all parents in the editorial group we all agreed that it was important for children to get the newsletter because in covid 2020 march 2020 the children were the biggest sufferers from covid families yeah. were at home they had no idea how to talk to each other they had no idea how to manage without domestic help and being at the bottom of the family power hierarchy the children were seriously in a bad spot so we said chuck it every child just needs to get the paper so from march to may we shared the paper for free with anyone who wanted it and i cannot tell you the number of emails i got from parents and children telling us how the children's post was keeping children sane during that time of uncertainty right so you made it free for all is it at that point Yes from March to May 2020 and again during the second wave of covid April May 2021 we did not take subscription Oh okay In June we decided June 2020 we decided that we'll prioritize reach over revenue Right It was more important for children to get the paper first Later if we are able to monetize the reach great but the reach by itself was important because I spoke about Cambridge Analytica earlier if we have to create impact at scale if we have to make sure that india is not the next how should i put it outreach of something like cambridge analytica we have to get a lot more children thinking on their feet asking for the other side of the story it won't come from 2 3 or even 10 whatsapp groups 
So that's how we started the process of creating our own schools database, reaching out to principals one by one and taking their consent for sharing the paper with their students and then you know sort of also operationalizing it. How will you give it? Some schools put it on their portal, some schools emailed it to their students, some schools sent it on WhatsApp, some schools we sent it to the principal, some to the administrator and then to the teachers. So every school had a different distribution method and we managed to create a database of over 14,000 schools of which over 11,200 principals agreed to share the paper with their students. So even at an average of about 200 children per school, we were at about 22 lakh children. Wow, that is massive. So we kept adding to the database manually even till the very end. Even in November, we were still reaching out. As a strategy, we decided that we wanted to reach tier two and three cities, not the metros. This was for many reasons. Number one, the metro child already has an information overload. Hmm. Two, today, if an advertiser wants to reach tier two and three cities of India, there isn't a wide range of choices of media available to them. We can either use outdoor advertising or point of sale or expensive local TV networks or individual ads in individual local magazines and papers. Children's Post is the only medium which reached every single part of the country and right at the heart of the country. Many people believe that the capacity to buy reduces as we move out of the city. But anyone who has done rural marketing and sales will tell you that's a myth. What is not there is consumer education and therefore it is not capacity to purchase. It is will to purchase that's not there. Mm. So as a medium, I was betting on that and we were stupendously high on engagement. And we were in a position to allow brands to do real consumer education and high engagement. So I do believe that what we created was of value. We were not able to communicate it or monetize it subsequently. And thirdly, the reason why we decided to move to tier two and three and focus on them is that knowledge democracy is my personal mission. All my projects have been towards that one mission. So Mm. this way, we were able to do two things. One, take international news and the latest in science, like we explained brain computer interface and machine programming to children sitting in um, Nangal Chowk or uh, some really remote parts, Hisar, Fatehabad in India. So we were able to take that knowledge to them and we were able to give a stage to children in tier two and three cities who would otherwise not have been able to reach a national stage. Hmm. So these children do not get these opportunities. So these are all the places where you were distributing the newsletter and you actually got feedback from these places, right? Yes. These are the places from where emails actually came back. The distribution obviously was, I used to tell people that we go to places where only two places reach. Yeah, BSNL ka tar, yeah, mera akbar. <laughs> Let's just rewind a little bit to this whole outreach process. So first of all, you have spotted the opportunity to give something to kids at a time when schools are closed and so therefore they're not getting any other form of information or education. And you've also realized that in the smaller cities of India, there is an opportunity to do this because there's even less access to information there. Right. And then you decided to do this outreach to schools. How did you actually go about doing that? Because making a database of 14,000 schools from purely online sources sounds like a really intense effort. It was very intense effort. It was, and not just making that database, reaching out to them, taking their go ahead, things like that. It was literally like building a house brick by excruciating brick. Each one of those records. 
but one of the other models we used was very interesting you'll want to hear about this we tied up with the nab center for women which is a professional training institute for women for visually challenged women here in delhi and we said why don't you do the database work and we showed them how we do it and uh, they trained their girls on it so they did the database work for us and we paid per record and that was a fairly successful model too but all of it was done by us we figured out how we are going to find out about these schools how we are going to reach them and communicate with them okay and what were some of the responses you got from schools i mean i'm assuming you were reaching out on email right yes it was all email so we had to set up also an email distribution infrastructure so the model was that schools which are not subscribing would get the paper three times a week and we would not charge them for it mm. that was the 11500 schools that we ended our journey with and the subscribers would get it every day wow that's a really high rate of response so clearly there was a hunger in the market for the kind of information services that you were offering them so far the story sounds great right you started something which had initial validation people wanted there actually there's a bunch of people actually paying for it then the market changes in in a way that even though with hard work favors the possibility of you actually outreaching to schools and then you have thousands of schools who are on board even if for a free product but this is already the kind of scale which even funded startups really can only dream about what happened from there on and what were some of the challenges that you faced so two major challenges we faced were growth and monetization we could not solve for the second monetization the first we've just gone through how we solved we created our own database school by school but monetization i think it was also a skill issue at my end and we tried to do this for a year all of 2021 we tried to reach out to media agencies we tried to also bring a co-founder on board because it's not i recognized it's not a skill that i possess so we will need someone else to take care of this we tried to get into revenue share agreements and none of that reached a scale where we knew this would take care of it self after one year we had to decide that either we keep it as a project of the heart and recognize that it's unless we find an aggressive co-founder or someone who's able to come and turn things around it's not going to be a revenue generating thing or we take the difficult decision that we do not want to sustain it like this and were you able to break even on what you were already doing oh yes oh yes other than the distribution the distribution infrastructure gave us a fixed cost every month that we could not but other than that all our expenses were a share of revenue so we were always unit economics cost oh okay so, so even if we got the money we could only have used it for a big ad blitz break and that as we had already seen in december 28 would get us traction for maybe 5 6 months Yeah. And after that we would have to consistently you know the cost of customer acquisition would consistently be high and that would have led to unit economics becoming negative because okay. as a newsletter we were not priced that high That's an interesting point around pricing so maybe let's dig into that for a little bit how much had you priced the newsletter and why did you think that was the right price Was it 10 rupees per edition to 70 for a month and like that all the way up to annual there were some discounts built in it was definitely pricier than what other people call newspapers but we were a newsletter so it was slightly pricier but i thought it was worth it and it was lower than a lot of other educational products in the market so obviously in all of this one is the cost of the content and the production and then right. there's the cost of the distribution the content cost was 
low is it because you were doing it uh, i think amongst parents or something like that it was a share of revenue yes okay share of revenue got it so the idea was that when revenue grows everyone will sort of get yeah. multiples and that didn't happen Okay, so that's around the pricing, and I get what you're saying. It's not a newspaper; it's a newsletter, very targeted, and has content which is well thought out for children. Did you consider the prospect of running ads or something within the newsletter? Yes, we did, and obviously, being a parents product, we were into ethical advertising, which means we kind of would have supported products that were safe and healthy for children. And like I said earlier, we were just not able to make that happen. or let me be very specific i was not able to make <laughs> so you had the reach and the circulation you just weren't able to break into the advertiser sponsor sort of a space exactly okay that that's quite a pity actually i mean i think the reach was quite incredible are there any other kind of challenges or lessons that you'd like to highlight from your journey yes so one is i'll start with that advice part the advice i got from a senior and friend a long ago and not in reference to tcp but it has worked very well i kind of also use it as a life advice which is don't do a me too product if someone else is already doing what you're doing collaborate with them and make their product better create something new only if it's not there otherwise leverage the ecosystem and help someone else do it better the second advice is to keep unit economics positive otherwise it leads to a lot of unnecessary stress and in our case i believe that the journey was a lot happier because we did not have to worry about our burn rate so we kind of worked hard on making the model but it sort of worked for us third uh, listen often the market and the customer both change very fast especially for my segment in these times and listening to them gives us insights it was the children who gave us the idea that more kids need this newsletter it was our readers two of them in particular they kept pestering us that we want to write for the paper and they are responsible for ensuring so we create an empower journalist program it's now in its second year where we select and train children from 10 to 16 years of age and then they write as real journalists for the newsletter and now for the website and these children they really grilled on ensuring that they get multiple perspective they present only the facts things like that so that entire program owes itself to our readers and then again the readers who helped us we did scrabble contests during the 2020 lockdown when you know children were at home and we did a startup contest in october so had we continued i think contests and events would have been a revenue stream for us but it was the children who gave us the idea of the startup contest also which we ran in october and which was super interesting for us and finally you know sometimes we start tracking metrics that are not aligned to our original cause then we make the money and lose the piece mm-hmm. and uh, i had to acknowledge at one point that i was a failure at monetization and decide that it would be best to call this quits it was time I think we will sort of leave a legacy. So, Nidhi, thanks a lot. I took down some notes and maybe I could just spend a minute summarizing them from all the stuff that you said. You know, like I said at the start, businesses are difficult to run and sustain, and not everybody makes it. And I'm I really like like to thank you for sharing very candidly your journey, even though it's not a story of unmitigated success, like the kind of stuff that you normally read about in newspapers and hear on podcasts. So really want to acknowledge that and thank you for sharing all of this. I do think that you had a fair number of successes so want to summarize that bit as well as some of the learnings that we talked about. So first is you started off with a strong mission that was aligned with your personal belief and I think that is very important for 
businesses at least in the early stages because if you don't personally believe in it then you know when the going gets tough you're you aren't really going to be able to keep it going the second one i liked about what you said was how you were able to test the waters uh, by using existing tribes in other words facebook groups where you could get feedback even before you actually made something even though you stumbled onto that kind of i think that was a really good way of validating the idea before even spending a penny on it third one i think you used third party tools to get going which is something that i think all startups or all businesses who are trying to work on their initial version of the product should be looking to do rather than building something fantastic from scratch leverage what is already there in terms of tools and in terms of ecosystem you mentioned that as well which is maybe use things that are already available to you versus trying to invent everything in house the next one which i really liked was your point about how newspapers and tabloids are not really designed for children to read because they are too big and so you kind of figured that out it's what i think in the startup world would be called user experience or user design so designing for the customer is important and corollary is taking their feedback expanding features based on the customer input which in your case were the children the other one i liked very much in what you said was the opportunistic thing that you did when covid struck you realized that schools would be shut and so therefore whatever information access people were getting especially in smaller towns was now no longer available so you could step into that gap the other point is around looking for markets that are not the obvious ones so you didn't go and try to sell newsletters in mumbai where everybody has access to information you tried to do this in smaller towns where such information is less available so they get this excellent new source of information and you do it in a place where there isn't really that much competition and then so these are all the good points and these are what led to i would say pretty rapid growth uh, i think something that any even vc funded startup would be quite proud to achieve and then where it fell apart was around the monetization because you couldn't price it at a level at which you would actually be able to make money and you weren't able to get enough people to pay for that subscription since that model didn't work out you looked for sponsors and ads and stuff like that and you weren't able to do that because maybe lack of network lack of ability that kind of stuff i think these are all good things to learn in terms of how to grow and also maybe things to avoid or consider earlier in terms of how to monetize a really good nidhi i mean i learned a lot from this thank you amit it was so good to speak with you same here and really appreciate you being here with us for everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in you'll find the show notes at crazytalk.online and also a link to the children's post which still is there in form online So in case you'd like to see what that is all about please visit that link and have a look for yourself also do remember to follow or subscribe and if you like this episode please show your appreciation with a five star rating and so once again thank you very much for joining us we were nithi and amit with shop talk see you next time